when we, I have said, haven't I, when we move into our new place, should we get a bigger one of these, whatever they're called, lectern thing? It's so tiny, isn't it? John 20. I want to read from verse 11 to 18. And I want to share some thoughts on that. I'm not going to be too long. Everybody warm? All right? Yeah? Better than being cold, I suppose, isn't it? When we, when we come into this building just over, a, well, just about a year ago, they said, oh, we've got this huge heating bill because we don't know how to turn the heating off. And we went, oh, <laughs> don't worry about that. We'll sort that out. I tell you what, it's the most complicated thing I've ever seen in my life. And even the most intelligent people can't turn it off. I'm going to smash it, I think, before the summer comes. If it's hot, we'll have to get a new one. Anyway, I was going to read the Bible, wasn't I? John 20. John, t- Hallelujah, Jesus. John 20, verse 11. Mary was standing outside the tomb, crying. As she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying, the angels asked. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said, and she turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go find my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. Just want to share a few thoughts on those verses. I, lo- I love that, the desperation of Mary here. She's desperate to find Jesus. And I love when she turned to Jesus, didn't know who he was, thought he was the gardener, and says, tell me where, where you've taken him, and I will go and get him. She thought that the gardener had moved the body of Jesus. And just this young woman, so desperate was she, she said, I'll go and get him. I'll put him over my shoulder and carry him if I have to. She was so desperate to find him. He'd not long been buried, just three days. She was distraught. The person she loved, the person she believed in, the person she trusted, her Lord had gone. All seemed lost. She was distraught. You know, we all get in these situations sometimes, don't we? Where we think all is lost. What can I do? Who can I turn to? Everything has been taken away. This circumstance I find myself in, this situation I find myself in, I don't know how to get out of it. 
Sometimes even we can feel that the Lord has abandoned us. But what happened to Mary very often happens to us all. She looked into the tomb. She saw two angels. Now, everywhere else in Scripture where you see someone sees an angel, what usually comes with it? The angel says, don't be afraid. What did they say here? No. She, was, she didn't even bat an eyelid. She looked in. She sees two angels. Goes, Where, where's my Lord? Where's Jesus? He's not here. Oh, I'll look after you. Didn't bat an eyelid. You see, she was so concerned with her worries, her situation, what she had in mind, what, what had happened to her, her Lord had gone, her world had fallen apart. Even while the supernatural was happening around her, she didn't realize it. And sometimes we're like that. Sometimes we get ourselves in such a situation that all we can see is our situation. And we can't see what God is doing around us. We can't see the supernatural. We can't see the spiritual thing that is happening. Those angels must have just shrugged their shoulders and looked at each other. Oh, she's, she's not even afraid. Okay, whatever. She walks out looking, still consumed in her worries and anxieties and problems. But yet something miraculous was going on around her. You see, sometimes we need to stop in our troubles, in our situations, and just have a look around. You remember the one, I think it was, was he Elisha's servant? In the middle of trouble, an army come in, and the prophet said to him, just stop, have a look. And God opened his eyes, and he saw the armies of angels. He said, sometimes we need to stop, take our eyes off ourselves." And turn our eyes to Jesus because there's a miracle happening right in the middle of our troubles because the Lord is not far from any of us. You know, she didn't re recognize Jesus. And sometimes we can be around Christ. We can be around Christians. We can be around the church. We can be around the Bible. We can be around the teachings of the Bible but not recognize Jesus. Come to church every single week, more than just a Sunday, but yet not recognizing Jesus. She didn't recognize him. There he was. He was stood right next to her. She thought he was the gardener. And there are reasons why perhaps she didn't recognize him, but I'm not going to go into that right now. But the fact is she didn't recognize him. Do you recognize Jesus? You're in his presence a lot. People talk about him around you. You hear songs. You see TV programs. You might read a book. It's, it's, he's everywhere. Do you recognize him? You see, sometimes we actually miss the incredible. Sometimes we actually miss the wonder, the miraculous. We miss the moment because we saw caught up in our own moment. Sometimes I get like that myself, and it takes, takes perhaps going away on holiday. Sometimes perhaps it, it, it takes sometimes me going up to the top of a mountain or, or something to get away 
just to stop. And sometimes I, I think the Lord just looks at us and goes, oh, okay, can I have a moment? Is it okay if I speak now? We've got to take time to stop. We've got to take time to look around, assess the situation. And what happened? The risen Christ got Mary's attention. How did he get her attention? One word. Mary. Just called her name. And as soon as he called her name, something happened to her. Everything else didn't matter. The risen Christ got her attention. At that moment, I believe, when he rose from the dead and he spoke there, he got the world's attention. He got heaven and hell's attention. He got everyone's attention. The Bible says we should be looking to Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, because he is the beginning, he is the end, he is everything in the middle. That's where our focus should be. Yes, we have our lives to live. Yes, we have to deal with situations. Yes, we have to deal with uh, problems and, and, and circumstances. But in amongst it all, our focus should be Jesus. Him. Has He got your attention? He goes on. John 20 and verse 15. Jesus says, Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener, like I said. Then he says, Mary. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which means teacher. You see, when all her hope had been dashed, she'd made an effort. At least she made an effort to get there, to find out what was going on. And sometimes it's an effort for us. Sometimes it's difficult even to pray in difficult circumstances. Sometimes it's, it's hard to get words out. But, you know, we don't even have to get words out because the Holy Spirit helps us in our, our groanings from within. And our spirit can pray within and words are formed within. And the, the Holy Spirit helps us pray in difficult circumstances. But as soon as Jesus called her name, she knew him. She knew him. Then her experience, this experience at the tomb, then her experience became deeper. It became more knowledgeable. All of a sudden, things started to come into focus. Things started to come into perspective. It's you. Imagine the feeling that, were, that was going through her. She saw him differently because she chose to find him. She chose to look for him in difficult circumstances. So my message to you is come before him. Look for him. Find him. Choose to find him. Choose him. And when you do, you will see him differently. You won't just see him as this person people talk about. You won't just see him as this person people sing about. You won't know him from a distance. You will have a personal relationship with him. 
And guess what? He'll call your name. He knows your name. He knows you. One of the great Bible commentators called Tasker, he said this, Never was one word uttered that was more charged with emotion than this. This one word, Mary. Why? Because it identified her. She recognized that voice. She recognized that only one person called her name like that. She recognized it. It was him. And the thing is, we need to recognize his voice. Just one word from Christ could change your life forever. Even if you know him right now, one word into your situation can change your situation. Just one word into your circumstances, your problems, your troubles, whatever it is, can change them. One word will change your life. She didn't recognize him at first. Although she was looking for him, she didn't recognize him. And the thing is, what are you trying to fill your life with? Who are you really looking for? What is out there? What's the destination of your journey? I say it very often at funerals, and I'll probably be saying it in a week or two. Our lives are like journeys. James described our lives like vapors that come and go. But for every journey, there's a destination. Can you say you have a destination, you know where you're going, you know what you're looking for, you have a hope, you have an anchor, you have a destination, or is it, if I ask you right now, I don't know, just going to go into the ground, I suppose. Wow. There's no hope. That's not a destination. But with Christ, He gives you hope. He gives you a destination. And you see, all these are just one words. Hope, love, peace, forgiveness, mercy, grace. Just one word from Him changes your life forever. Are you missing Him in the crowd? I've spoken a lot about the crowd over these last couple of weeks. The crowd that threw palm leaves down last Sunday. The, the crowd that shouted, Hosanna. And the crowd on Good Friday that shouted, crucify him. Probably some of the same crowd that was there throwing the palm leaves down. In less than a week's time, they shouted, crucify him. Are you part of the crowd? Can't you see Jesus because of the crowd? So who are you looking for? The truth is, he's the only way to God. We've already heard that. He's the way, the truth, the life. And if you know him, if you know Jesus Christ, then he should be the center of your life. Everything else revolves around him. Read a few verses from Acts chapter 4. Starting at verse 11. For Jesus is the one referred to in the Scriptures 
where it says, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given him, God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. If you're looking for God, if you're looking for life, then you need to know Jesus. It's as simple as that. I said last week, you're either on this side shouting, who is he in the crowd? Or you're on the other side shouting, this is Jesus, the anointed one. You've got to pick a side. There's no gray area in the middle. You can't have one leg over here saying, well, I don't know who this is. I don't know. And one leg over here, well, I think it's Jesus. It's in or out. For a person who knows the Lord, the place to be is in Him. Jesus said, remain in me. Stay in me. Make me your focus. When I call your name, know me. Know my voice. If you don't know Him right now, He's only a breath away. John 10 and verse 3. It says, it's a famous chapter about the shepherd and the sheep. John 10 and verse 3, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Sheep recognizes the shepherd's voice. Now, I, I've had first-hand information, first-hand information, no, first-hand experience. Someone didn't just tell it me, I experienced it. I went to a, a farm, and there was a shepherd there, and we went up to the, the fence, and all the sheep were in the fence, behind the fence, and the shepherd gave me this bucket to feed them, and said, call them in. So I, oi, <laughs> sheep, you know, what I was, I've tried all sorts, nothing happened. I think one of them looked, that was, that was the best I got. And then the shepherd took the bucket, just shook it and shouted something. I didn't know what it was. It was, it was something. And all the sheep just went, oh, down they came. Why? Because the sheep recognized the shepherd's voice. But this goes on to say that he calls his own sheep by name. You see, he knows you. He knows you by name. He knows everything about you. Do you recognize his voice? Because he wants you back. You are his. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, you've been stolen. Because the word redeemed means to buy back. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he bought back those who would come to him and recognize his voice. Recognize his voice in your spirit. There's a, a story that I heard. And I looked it up. And I found it. It was a little, a little poem, sort of poem, written by Max Lucado. 
and I want to just read it to you. It's about someone searching for God, calling out for God. It goes like this. Once there was a man who dared to speak to God. Burn the bush like you did for Moses, God, and I will follow you. Collapse the walls like you did for Joshua, God, and I will follow you. Still the waves like you did on Galilee, God, and I will listen and follow you. So the man sat by a bush. He went near a wall, close to the sea, and waited for God to speak. And God heard the man. So God sent a fire, not for a bush, but for a church. Not literally like that. He brought down a wall, not of brick, but of sin. He stilled the storm, not of the sea, but of a soul. And God waited for the man to respond. And he waited, and he waited, and waited. But because the man was looking at bushes, and not hearts, and bricks, and not lives, and seas, not souls, he decided that God had done nothing. Finally, he looked up to God and said, have you lost your power? And God looked at him and said, have you lost your hearing? You see, sometimes we don't hear God speaking because we are listening to other things. We don't see God moving because we are looking at other things. We can be so caught up in our own situation as, as Mary was right in the beginning. When I began to speak, and when I read this, that she was so caught up, she couldn't see the miraculous that was happening around her. Maybe you're looking in the wrong place. Maybe you're listening to the wrong voices. See, we all like to be called, don't we? When that little thing buzzes in our pocket, oh, so I've got a call. Although if you're my wife, it buzzes in her bag and she doesn't know. We all like to be we all like to be liked on Facebook. We all like that. We all like to see how many likes and things we get on social media. We like to be liked. We like to be known. We like to be connected. We like to be contacted. I tell you what, God doesn't just like you. He loves you. And he's calling you constantly. He's calling your name. He knows you. It's just that you need to tune in. You need to listen. You need to hear his voice. Because sometimes there are so many voices in our lives, so many people calling from different areas of our lives, our careers, our families, fame and fortune, being popular, contentment, skepticism, familiarity. You can be so familiar with church, so familiar with Christian things, so familiar with reading this, so familiar with singing this, but we don't hear Jesus calling us. And he's right there. And we look straight past him. You know, he has many names for you. Not just one. 
when He calls, He calls you redeemed. He calls you healed. He calls you forgiven. He calls you powerful. He calls you a success. He calls you free. All these good things, He calls you. He knows you. He says, you are this. When you say, perhaps I am not. And when another voice says, you're this. Oh. You just turn it a bit boring. The last part's the best. You better change it now. I can have a sip of water. Hello? Hello? A name. Last little bit. Your name gives you identity. Imagine having no identity. Imagine not having a name. Imagine not even knowing who you are. Imagine other people ignoring you, not knowing you, having no name. Do you know it's possible to be like that with God? Having no identity with God. He doesn't know you. That's the most fearful thing ever, to have no identity with God. Because one day, we will all stand before him. And he will say to some, who are you? I don't know you. Wow. That's fearful. But yet he's calling you. He wants to give you an identity in him. He wants a personal relationship with you. And unless you respond to that, there will be no identity. Because this identity is personal. It's close. In Matthew 6, and verse 6, it talks about going into that private place I talked about earlier, that special place. That's where you hear Him better. That's when you can talk to Him. When you're on your own, go somewhere. And I'm, and I'm encouraging people to do this. It's great to have corporate worship. I love this. But find a place where you can go and just talk to the Lord. And just oh, pour your heart out, just you and Him. And then stop. Let Him speak. Let Him fill you. Let Him call you. And He will call you all these things redeemed, loved, cherished. He will call you a a mighty man or a mighty woman. And you'll be going, you talking to me, God? Me? And he say, yes, you. And you'll say, why? And he'll say, he'll say, because you have identity with me. There's that spiritual connection in that place. In, uh, incidentally, that place in Matthew 6, I've talked about it before. 
the private place, was a little place that they would have within their house where they would keep the valuables. It, it was a little store, if you like, a little treasure room, a little nook and cranny that you could put some plates and go in there. He was saying, because there's treasures in there. Sometimes we don't find the treasures, do we? Because we don't go to that place so often. <coughs> in that place, there's ministries are birthed in that place. A spiritual connection is birthed in that place. Lives are transformed in that place. My throat now has gone funny. Look at John 21. This is interesting. <coughs> this is something we were looking at just the other week in the prayer meeting. John 21 and verse 7. Jesus had re resurrected now. He was, they knew he was around. They didn't know where he was. And the disciples decided to go out on a boat on the shores of Galilee. They said, push the boat up. Let's, let's go fishing. That was their trade. That's what they liked doing. And as they were fishing, there's a whole story behind this. As they were fishing, they saw someone on the beach just lighting a fire, getting some fire. There was a bit of smoke going. And someone stood there. They couldn't quite make out who it was. And he called to them. He said, throw your, throw your nets over the other side. And it was John. John said, it's the Lord. They didn't know who he was until he spoke. And as soon as he spoke, John recognized his voice. Just like Mary, there in the presence of of him, but yet not sure until he spoke. We have to recognize his voice. And he's talking to us all the time, but are we listening all the time? You know, there's a difference between listening and hearing. You know, if I want to get my kids' attention, especially Evie, who's the youngest one, if I want to get her attention... And not, not actually, Grace as well. Millie's all right. But if I want to get their attention, <laughs> if I want to get their attention, I'm going to say, uh, look at me now. You know, this is important. And you've got, because there's a difference between listening and hearing. Oh, yeah, I didn't, yeah, I, I didn't quite get it. What did you want, Dad? Yeah. That's how they talk. I've got to be honest, I'm the same. If I'm watching football or watching the news or something, and Karen asks me to do something, you can hear it, but you're not listening. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes we like that with God, or God speaking, yeah, I can hear Him. But are we listening? Are we listening to what He's saying? Because He's talking to you. We could be in a lovely, great service. We could be in that quiet place. Oh, God's speaking, isn't He? What's He saying? He's actually talking to you. Can you hear him? Are you listening? John recognized his voice and he got out of the boat and he ran through those, got through those waves and he went to him 
and they brought some fish, and Jesus cooked them breakfast on the beach. Awesome. How did he know it was the Lord? How did he know that voice? How did Mary know the voice? It's because they'd spent time with him. It's because they had a relationship with him. You see, to know a voice, to hear that voice again must have been so inspiring. It must have been so exciting because a voice is, is, is familiarity, isn't it? You recognize a voice. Just, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, I was at my mom's house, and we were looking on the computer, ma'am, weren't we? And my dad passed away just, just over two and a half years ago now. And as I was looking through the computer, there was a few little video files on there. And I said, ma'am, there's probably a few videos on here of dad. And we both sort of stopped for a bit, didn't we? We went, oh, should we play them? And we did. And do you know what hit us first? It wasn't seeing him. It was hearing him. The voice. To recognize that voice again. And this is what it's like. You see, a voice is unique. It's personal. There's a connection with voice. It's the way we usually communicate. It was created to communicate. It's easily recognizable. Just one word and they recognize the voice. Lord, I want to recognize your voice because it's unique. I want to be in a crowd and pick you out. I want to be in that quiet place and know that it's you. I want to recognize your voice just as Mary did, just as John did. And do you know what he's saying? He's probably saying the same thing to her, same thing to John. Don't be afraid. He probably said to her, don't cry, I'm right here. He's probably saying, I want to be with you. I want to walk with you. I want to live with you. You're safe in me. She said one word back to him. Rabboni. It means master. It's a title of honor and respect. It showed submission. It showed surrender. The angels didn't matter anymore. They didn't matter in the first place to her. The disciples didn't matter. Her worries didn't matter. Why? Because he was there. She recognized him. He had to stop her from getting hold of him, giving him a big hug. He said, Lord, just wait. She probably fell at his feet. Do you recognize his voice? Today, as I bring this to a conclusion, and we're just going to end on one song of worship and praise before we go. One thing I want you to take away is this. The realization that you can take home that God is calling me. Jesus Christ is shouting out my name. In fact, he might not be shouting. He might just be whispering. That means we've got to listen more carefully. 
It's not that God has put a, a general call out to everyone. It's not as if he's ringing a random phone just for someone to pick up. He's specifically calling you personally, by name, after her encounter. Mary went to the others and she said, I've seen the Lord. After you respond to his voice, you can say, I've seen the Lord. I've heard him. So I'm going to invite the, the team back up. Are we going to end 